Hey everyone, welcome to the Kubernetes Unpacked podcast, where we talk about literally everything Kubernetes related, from cloud to on-prem, to Kubernetes for infrastructure engineers and developers, and everything in between. My name is Michael Levan, and I'm joined today with guests Kevin and Robin. And this is the first time on this podcast that we have two guests, so this should be interesting. Uh, And what we're going to be talking about today is the overall learning path of Kubernetes. Uh, You know, Kevin is starting on his journey of learning Kubernetes and Robin has been down the rabbit hole uh, in Kubernetes for a while. So I think this is gonna be a very interesting episode because we're gonna get it from both perspectives, somebody that's just learning it and somebody that has already learned it and is continuing to learn it as we all are. Kevin, Robin, welcome gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us on, Michael. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely, so, yeah. so, Definitely uh, great to be here. Sorry, <laughs> barging in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be a very, very cool episode. So uh, one thing that, that I'll kind of start with, uh, with from, from Kevin's perspective is, you know, Kevin, how, how has the journey been so far for you? And where do you kind of feel that the journey is going for you at this point? So, I mean, for me, just to give some context on background, I've come from a sort of a, like a DevOps background. So using infrastructure as a code and I've been using the cloud now for about five or six years, in particular Azure. But I think for me, it was how saturated the market was in terms of um, incorrect information or it wasn't clear enough. So. When I, when I started going, right, I'm going to go down the certification path and learning about the, the Cloud Native Foundation and, the, the, you know, how, how that's sort of uh, formulated and, and the different certifications that you could take. I went in and went, right, I'm going to go and do the administrator's course, right, thinking that's got to be the, the, course, the course everyone starts off with, right, the certification path that everyone starts off with. And I started looking into it and I was like, I just don't understand pretty much. It, you know, when you realize that when you're learning to swim, you're either in the shallow end of the swimming pool or the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, right? At that point, I realized I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean going, okay, this is the hardest, hardest certification that they have. And then they started off with, um, what's it called? The, uh, is it the foundation, the Kubernetes Cloud Native advocate or foundation course, right? So I've, I've started that one and that has been very useful in terms of getting to grips with this, you know, ecosystem. It, it, it's separated from all the cloud providers, right? The cloud solution providers. So even getting your head around those bits and pieces is quite, uh, can be quite daunting at first. And, you know, trying to differentiate between, um, you know, what is Docker? How does that fit into the mix? Do I need Docker? Is Docker just an enterprise version of, you know, this open source tool called, you know, open source platform called Kubernetes, right? For creating immutable infrastructure. And all that, it just felt like there was a lot of curveballs and you couldn't see the wood through the trees is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's just trying to find a starting point, really, and, and, and working your way through those gates. So, I... I absolutely agree with you. And this is why I constantly tell people all the time, Kubernetes is a data center in itself. Like I, I, I certainly see all of the time that, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm going to get started with Kubernetes. 
So they log into Azure, AWS, or GCP, or whatever, and they go and they create a, a Kubernetes cluster, and then they you know log into it and they deploy uh, an nginx stateless application, and they see the web app come up, and they're like, "Great, I've learned Kubernetes now." Um, but w once you really dive in, there are so many pieces to the puzzle, and you need a full, large team to really manage a huge cluster. You have pieces of security, right? Like securing the cluster itself, the RBAC stuff, what service accounts pods are running on. You have logging and monitoring. You have overall infrastructure. You mentioned the CKA, which is, you know, all cluster related stuff, all admin related stuff. You have the development experience stuff. You have such a huge piece of networking when it comes to ingress, when it comes to services, when it comes to pod to pod communication, when it comes to service mesh, there are so many things that it's like, it's so incredibly difficult to know where to start. Because if you're working in Kubernetes, at least how things are right now in, in the in, in just corporate and, and any job, you kind of got to know all of it. And, and it reminds me of like, when we were learning how to be sysadmins 10 plus years ago, it yeah, was like yeah. you needed to know it all or else you weren't going to get a job. Like you, you couldn't just walk into a standard environment and say, I'm just going to touch Active Directory. You had to understand Windows Server. You had to understand licensing. You had to understand deploying operating systems, uh, bare metal. You had to understand virtualization. And Kubernetes is like the same thing. Like it's literally a data center. And when I think about how large this can get, uh, Mercedes, the uh, obviously the car company, but they have like a separate uh, technical entity, I think, or something like that, like a separate team that's obviously part of Mercedes, but it's like separate, I think. Uh, maybe I'm butchering that. I don't know. Somebody correct me. But they have over 900 Kubernetes clusters. <laughs> 900 Kubernetes clusters running in uh, OpenStack. It's a lot. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, quite an achievement in itself, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, how to come up with with these use cases for nine hundred clusters? You're like, well, that's in and in and by itself, like something uh, exceptional. Yeah. 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 No, I, so, yeah. I, you know, I, no, I love the way how you put it. Right? It's like a data center in and by itself. Yeah. Right? Um, and the first thing that came to mind was like virtualization back in the day. Like, oh, we're going to run these virtual servers. Yeah. Okay. You know, enable Hyper-V on your Windows desktop and, oh, look, I know Hyper-V. No. You know, especially when you get iSQSI storage, networking, the whole shebang. And then, you know, and then you had to think about, oh, okay, volumes, backups, disaster recovery, active-active, replication, all that stuff that comes comes to mind, right? And the same, yeah, it's the same with Kubernetes. It's just a beast, right? It's crazy. It was I had the same feeling that Kevin just shared about, okay, where to start, right? I just started, started with Docker as well, started a course and another course and another one and a book and, and another book. I started, uh, you know, dabbling around on educative with a couple of courses and then, you know, some SRE things, Prometheus, Grafana, and, you know, just jumped around for like basically a year trying to accumulate all the things that, that, that you know, that were missing. And it still feels like I'm just starting out, right? It's, it's it's crazy because I haven't touched properly touched service meshes yet, you know, centralized ingress, multi cluster ingress, uh, you know, the backup recovery, um, storage is a whole thing, you know, especially on the different cloud providers. What do I need? Uh, you know, persistence, non persistent, service to service communication, 
um, you know, sidecars in in it containers, demon set. Well, you know, you cannot go on and on. There's so much bits and pieces that it becomes really, you know, I'm just saying it intimidating to yeah. to learn. Right? Yeah. And then you have all these different flavors as well. Already had a nice conversation about that. Basically, they're all the same, right? The core is is in and yeah, it's it's the same each and every time, but they all abstract different things away. But eventually, you know, it comes comes down to the same building blocks, and that can be scary. Right? The only thing that I can say is just keep keep you know give yourself the time to to learn it. Basically, as with everything, um, yeah, and and just. Try to start with something that's a little bit more digestible, uh, I guess. You know, the the foundation one is great, or the CKAD is what I heard. I'm in the middle of CKA actually. I'm trying to get ready for <laughs> for the exam, <laughs> and it still scares the yeah well something out of me, right? So it's um yeah, it's crazy, and the whole thing is practical as well. And then and at this point, I'm. I reached the point in my career that I won't probably be administrating the Kubernetes cluster. I will probably be more involved in the architecture and make sure we do the right things. But still, I want to understand what happens underneath, right? And I want to be able to do it because, you know, you're going to be part of a team and you want to understand from each other what you're doing, you know, respect and all that. So it's, uh, that's crazy. It's a crazy journey. And now, Mike, you special, specialized in Kubernetes, basically, and that says something as well, right? It's something you can specialize in and, um, you know, create content for days, basically. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. You said something that resonated with me, like that you still feel like you're, you're at the beginning, that you're still learning it. And I, all I do is like pretty much Kubernetes nowadays, whether it's content, whether it's advisory, whether it's consulting, writing books, whatever, it's all Kubernetes related. I still feel like I'm in, I'm in the beginning, like, cause, because quite frankly, there's just so much to it. Um, I've never been the type of person that could like focus on one thing. Um, I've always been like a general DevOps engineer or like SRE cloud whatever you want to call it. And the reason why was because like I would get super bored. Like if I was like just staring at the same thing every day, I would hate, hate my life. Right. So, and every, and a lot of people know that about me. So when people started seeing like that, I was just focusing on Kubernetes, just focusing on Kubernetes. They're like, Oh, aren't you getting bored? Aren't you, you know, looking to itch to go do something else? I'm like, no, because it's all different all the time. Like, yeah, I mean, the Kubernetes API is the same, but like the integrations that I'm working with, the tools that I'm working with, the platforms that I'm working with, it's literally like, I feel like I'm an entire IT department just like in my head, like doing all these things. So for me, I mean, it's, it's the same way. Like I constantly feel like I'm, I'm literally learning something new every day about Kubernetes and about how it integrates with different things and all of that stuff. And I'm not exaggerating. Like it's literally every day. Like this morning I was writing a piece of content for a client and I was going a little bit more in depth between um, Grafana and, and Kubernetes and pulling metrics and stuff like that. And like, I'm learning something new as I'm creating the content. And that's, that's just how I feel every single day. So uh, to your point, Robin, like if somebody wants to specialize in Kubernetes, there is such an extremely lar large landscape to be able to do that. And it's fun and it stays interesting. If you like learning, if, if you, if you want to just like settle into something and just go to your job every day, uh, Kubernetes is not the thing, <laughs> but if you enjoy learning and you enjoy labbing and you enjoy, you know, all of that stuff, I, I would, you know, 
definitely push people in the Kubernetes direction. So Kevin, I wanted, wanted to ask you a question around like your journey currently. Are, are you seeing yourself focusing on one piece over the other? And what I mean by that is, do you see yourself focusing more on like deploying Kubernetes clusters and scaling and figuring out the way that it works? Or do you see yourself more on the development side of like deploying the applications and focusing on ingress and, and scaling out with daemon sets and stateful sets and all that stuff? Like, do you see yourself kind of in one direction over the other? Uh, not necessarily like the direction that you want to go in, but more or less the direction that it's like pushing you in at work, I guess, is what I'm saying. So you, you've got to you can transfer some knowledge, right? So like, like we talked about before, uh, there are like managed offerings. I call it managed. Yeah. But you know, we talk about AKS, right? You can get a cluster up and running out of the box with particular, you know, with the same kind of trans transferable configurations as other PaaS services. So auto scaling or, you know, sticking a load balancer in front of it or an application gateway. So, you, you know, if you know all those bits and pieces anyway, you can sort of translate that, but then there's, the other side of things, as I like to call it. So a bit what you're talking about there, the developer experience. So Nginx, you know, even even like the most basic stuff, like creating an image. It, I mean, it, it took me a while to get my head around. So what is this? Well, what is the technology? Is it a hypervisor? Uh, yeah, sort of. Is it a virtual machine? Yeah, sort of. But what we do is we just condense all that down, right? It took me ages to get my head around this. So what we do is we stick the operating system, the, the, the dependencies and the application, and we stick it in an image. Correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, because I'm still trying to get my head around it. And then we deploy it to a, a node pool, right? And we run that, run that stack, yeah, in its entirety. And I think it's still getting my head around that and how like the networking, like you, you, you have like the networking with inside the cluster, right. With inside the nodes and how they talk to each other. And I think it's just like, it's a bit like the matrix, right. I'm just waking up and I'm trying to still figure it out. And those are the depths I'm, I'm at the edge, if that makes sense. So everything else that's powering it, right. From a CSP point of view, I can get my head around that because I do that day in day out, but then, when you start going into those layers, it's like, wow, where, where do I start? You know? Yeah. Yep. I, I, it's funny. I, it took me a bit to like wrap my head around exactly what containerization is doing as well and stuff and like overall yeah. underneath the hood. And the best way that I learned to describe it to myself is there is like VMware, for example, like ESXi and that's hardware virtualization. So it's virtualizing your hardware containers are virtualizing your operating system. So you're not right. you're taking it a step further. Like you're not even, you're not worried about the virtualization aspect of the hardware. Cause that's just kind of already happening. Right. So when you, when you're thinking about containerization and container images and deploying containers, you're literally virtualizing the way you're running your operating system. Uh, so that's always, that's always kind of been the way that I've been thinking about it lately. Um, and I think it makes sense, right? Because like, if you think about a container image, for example, there are, you know, like the, the, the scratch, uh, Docker container image, which is like completely raw. It's like, I, I arguably don't even want to call it an operating system that's running. Like, it's really just like a raw kernel. Um, and then you have things like the, the Ubuntu, uh, image on like Docker hub. Right. And with that one, like if you spin it up, 
Like there's no ping command. Like you literally can't run ping. So it's, it's like a watered down version of your operating system, which is why it kind of makes me think like that, that container is a virtualized operating system that you're just kind of managing from that perspective. Uh, Robin, did you have any thoughts there on that? Well, my brain was, was going the whole, you know, rabbit hole thing. And I was thinking about all <laughs> Linux and C groups and yeah, namespaces yeah. and okay, what does Kubernetes do underneath the hood from a Linux perspective? Right. And then, you know, you don't probably don't even need to know that, but, but somehow it, it does give you some confirmation like, oh, wait, okay. Now I start to understand it a little bit more. Right. And I do love the analogy you just used for, you know, software and hardware virtualization, uh, virtualization, because I, I really think that makes sense. Uh, it's just, you know, my brain goes to all these different drawers, opening all these things and like, whoa, okay, what's happening, right? And that's a little bit what happened in, in my initial journey to reach a point that it's, you know, makes a little bit more sense and it's easier to wrap your head around. But even then, you know, Google is your <laughs> Google is your friend. Sometimes like, okay, uh, uh, what is this again, right? It's just, you only have so much space in your head, right? So you cannot keep everything in... in you know, um, in, in the front of your head on, on standby, like, oh, okay, I need this, I need that, I need this. And I think that's perfectly fine. And especially with all the things you touched on networking. Um, and then you have, okay, you have basic networking, right? subnetting packets, all that good stuff as in, okay, network fundamentals. But then you have like this CNI, like cluster networking interface. And you have all these different networking tools that you can plug into your cluster. And then you're like, well, okay, you know, and to the point of the CNCF and the whole ecosystem that you already briefly touched touched upon. You open another you open another door to another dimension. You're like, well, okay, close that door again. Okay, what was that, right? And then, you know, you need a way or a framework to you know pick and choose certain things. Like, oh, I'm starting to mess around with nginx, or hey, I get this Weaver networking plugin, or you know, and then. We haven't even touched on security and network policies yeah. and all that stuff. So it's, it's probably not helping now to make any sense of the conversation, but it, I think it, it gives like a brief insight in, in, in what happens in my brain when I think about Kubernetes. Right? So it's, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you brought up a really, really good point, which is, excuse me, how much do you actually need to go down the rabbit hole? Now I've, I've talked about this on Twitter a lot and I've got a fair amount of heat around it. Uh, but my, my opinion, <laughs> yeah, my, no, nobody likes my opinions, uh, but my opinion still holds true. And I truly do believe that you should go as in depth as possible. So for example, you brought up C groups and namespaces and for, for everybody listening that uh, is not aware containers were around way longer than Docker, right? You had LXC, which were Linux containers, and you had LXD, which is uh, orchestration. So it's like uh, Kubernetes, right? Orchestration is orchestration. And the way that it all worked, well, there it's a very in-depth, but the high level is with C groups and namespaces. That's how containers work on Linux. That's how they still work on Linux if you're not using Docker. That's how they worked well before anybody even thought about Docker. Docker was really a way to 
abstract C groups and namespaces to make containerization easier for the 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 common folk like myself to 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 understand, right? To be able to use across any corporation. But I'll argue that me understanding the way that C groups and namespaces work and me using containers before using Docker, it helped me a ton with understanding what was happening underneath the hood. Whereas, you know, if, if, if you put me and somebody else next to each other and we both went down the container and Kubernetes path, I'm going to learn it and understand it way easier than the person that does not know C groups and namespaces and what's actually happening underneath the hood. Because I understand that the, the fundamentals and I, again, this is just my opinion, right? But there is nothing that gets you to an advanced level faster than understanding core concepts. So the level of abstraction that we have in, in today's tech world is okay but I also think that it's detrimental to how we're understanding and learning because you know we're pretty much just working with services that are like, we're abstracting this and that, and you don't have to worry about that and you don't have to worry about this. But when something catastrophic happens underneath the hood, you're not gonna know how to fix it. And those things still happen in today's world. Like regardless of how well tech marketing is telling us, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff you still have to worry about it and you still have to understand it and know it. So, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here because I'm very, clearly very passionate about this topic. Um, I still think that you need to understand the underlying stuff. Uh, Robin, I mean, what do you think about that? And then I'll, then, I'll, uh, then I'll ask Kevin. Yeah, well, it's like I hear myself talking basically. I think we can do a whole, a whole episode about abstractions, ignorance, uh, ignorance is bliss and all that stuff. Do we actually need, you know, all the underlying understand all the underlying things and I would dare to take it even a step further, right? Start at networking basics, understand yeah. what networking is, start a compute storage, you know, I'm not saying you have to set up a whole network from scratch, but at least know, you know, a packet layer two, layer three, you don't have to know, you know, on the top of your head, all the seven layers and what it does and all that stuff. I don't think that's necessary. But at least be aware of the different layers. Be aware of routing, switching, right? I think that that's that's a really great step to start. Yeah, it's not as fancy. Yeah, I won't be adding value anytime soon. But I am building the right foundation to understand more advanced level concepts. Right? And especially if you look at serverless. Yeah, okay, nice. Everything works, right? I deployed Hello World. It's working. Awesome. I understand serverless. And then you deploy something that's you know, a little bit more advanced. It's not working. And then what? What's happening underneath the hood? Yeah, well, guess what? There's still a server, right? And there's still networking and storage going on. And these these things keep coming back and keep coming back. And I think that the three of us share like approximately the same journey as in, okay, systems administration, you know, dragging around with switches, routers and all that stuff. Well, the hell of it, even dragging cables, right? So that puts us in a position that it's easier to wrap our head, heads around these virtualized, abstracted concepts. Imagine starting out today, right? So how do you, how do you accumulate these things? And how, you know, it's, 
it's, it's funny. I always have to think about, I, I have this workout program. It's called like a beginner level workout program. Well, I work out from time to time, Mike, I know you do too. Kev, you do as well. Right. And this program is developed by a guy who's top fit. Well, it's a girl actually who's top fit. Right. But she lost sense of what the beginner work, a beginner level workout is about. Right. So I did that workout and I practically died. You know, it's like, what is this beginner level workout? Seriously? So I do think that there's a blind spot for these fundamental knowledge because we just know it because it's in the back of our heads and we forgot about it, how we you know, got, got it there. So it's really difficult to lay out a, a path. What for me, at least to lay out the path for somebody who just starts out like, Hey, could you help me? So that's why I'm trying to refer back to the actual act. Yeah, the absolute basics of networking, compute, storage. Yeah, it's not as fancy. It's not as, you know, um, yeah, fancy is the right word. It's not as fancy as serverless and all these, you know, hot services and all Cloud Run or, you know, Azure app, uh, you know, container apps or AKS or all that stuff. But yeah, it still uses networking. You know? yeah. And I love the fact that you brought up uh, the, the OSI model because everything that we do is all is all about those seven layers right down to plugging in a cable all the way up to the application piece um it's 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 all there right everything it's all networking and that's what i pretty much tell people so like when people reach out to me and this is actually the first episode of the kubernetes unpacked podcast was me just talking about prerequisites to kubernetes so whenever you know and i get messaged on linkedin and on twitter and everybody's always like where do i start how do i learn kubernetes and my first question always back to them is, what's your background? So like, for example, if they tell me, oh, I'm a developer, I say, okay, I say, uh, you know, how is your, do you understand operating systems? Do you understand uh, systems in general? Do you understand infrastructure? Do you understand networking? If the answer is no, I'm always like, don't worry about Kubernetes right now. Worry about learning that. Because the reality is, is this, you can dive in, like, let's say you're, you're a fresh computer science grad and you dive into this, you know, this serverless and this container thing, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to get past the junior to mid-level. You're never going to be able to get to the architecture level. You're never going to be able to get to the distinguished and principal level because those positions require you to understand the entire stack. And if you start in the middle of the stack, there's only so far you're going to be able to go. You know, and this is this is another unpopular opinion that everybody uh, hates me on Twitter for is I tell everybody you need to learn programming. Like, I, I'm not telling you that, like, you need to build the next Twitter or the next LinkedIn or like whatever the case may be. But you have to understand how to write code. And more importantly, you have to understand why you're writing the code why you're putting a function here, why you're importing these libraries, what you're doing with the code, why you're returning certain things that that's to me, like the, the fundamentals of like understanding why you're running an application and why you're deploying an application. Kevin, what do you, uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I completely agree. I, I think there is some bliss to the ignorance bit though, because there's me trying to absolutely dissect this stack from top to bottom right because you know like robin said you know making network cables all the way to configuring sound storage or building out data centers right you, you i know how all the csps all fundamentally work in the same way right they're still buying the same kit but yeah like for me when i started even just doing 
infrastructure as a code. The, the, the reason you build infrastructure is to supply a service at the end of the day, right? Be that internal or external customers and, you know, understanding the whole developer experience and how the apps work. I think you need some, at least some basic knowledge around that. And I think that's been difficult for a lot of traditional infrastructure, you know, folks. It was tough for me. It was a very, like, you know, steep learning curve for me. But now I wouldn't do it any other way. That makes sense, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with you. So I, it, it's nice to hear that we're all on the same page. Uh, maybe that's why we're all on this podcast at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So one more question that I have for you guys, and then we'll go ahead and, and we'll wrap up is, you know, so we're all on the same page that you have to understand the fundamentals and the pre, there's a lot of, there's a ton of prerequisites, right? So once somebody gets past those prerequisites, uh, Robin, I'll start with you. Is there any like specific course or book or whatever that you personally recommend for the, for the entry level, you know, just getting started with Kubernetes journey? Oh, it's a good question. Um, and there's a lot that comes to mind. What I found really enjoyable, but that's also a personal preference, is Educative and their Kubernetes courses. Um, because it allows you to read instead of watch. So it's easier to, you know, go faster, go back. Um, and there's some labs in there as well. And it allowed me to really understand. But the, the, the thing is, and that's difficult about this question, is that you, you, you collect like different pieces of the puzzle, right? By, by getting information from different people and, and suddenly something clicks and you think that's the last thing you watched, but it's actually all the other things that you, that you went through as well, right? So, and then it becomes a little bit difficult, like what's a good starting point? What I do know what's a really popular course and you have a couple of courses on that platform as well. I think you know where I'm going, right? And that's Cold Cloud. Um, I'm not going to pronounce his name because I will probably mess it up anyway, but he is really famous for his Kubernetes courses, right? Uh, he started on Udemy building code cloud and now uh, it's a really healthy mixture of, you know, fundamentals because I, I do think there's Docker in there and some networking, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and there is a big hands-on part as well. And I think we haven't covered that enough yet. It's that, and I think that's, goes for the whole industry, you know, you have like these concepts, but you have to put them in practice. And that is what it make, makes it stick, right? Um, and especially Kubernetes, you have to get your hands dirty. And especially if you want to get certified, you know, the foundational certification is a multiple choice, I think. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. But the rest of them is just, you know, Get, getting your hands dirty yeah hands on it scares the shit out of me i don't know if i can <laughs> if i can say that on a podcast but you know uh, um I'm, I'm still you know dotting the i's making sure that i got all the details right i got a lot of tips by the way so i'm, I'm thinking about writing a blog post about it um but yeah i'm still thinking yeah educative cold cloud that's uh, what i'll leave it at cool man and Kevin, how about you? What is, uh, what's your favorite resource or resources? So I always like to get some multiple resources, but I even have the book up in front of me, right? So I've got Kubernetes up and running, and that was by Brendan Burns. We've got uh, Joe, I'm going to pronounce this surname wrong, that be there, and Kelsey Hightower, right? I don't think these these gents need any introduction, right? But uh, yeah, that was a good that was a good starting point. But um Again, I 
I'm going back to the foundational piece, but Andrew Brown's course on, um, and it's free on Code Camp, right? Which is even better for you know grads or people trying to break into the industry. He was the first person that really broke it down into sections on well, where where you need to be and where you need to start. I think I, I think that's a you know a very important you know how do I build a lab and and all those bits and pieces. That's what people need to have guides on because. He, he, again like you know not to go over robin's comments again but it's hands-on i mean that's the way i learn about everything right you got to break it first before you uh fix it yep no i totally agree with you yeah the, the, we, we didn't touch on this too much uh but the tldr should be anything that you learn about kubernetes go and actually do it there are a ton of different ways minikube docker desktop spin up a, a cluster in, in azure aws or gcp anything that you do always make sure that you're actually hands-on with it uh, for me, I think my favorite beginner level resource, and I still use it, like I still read it to this day, is uh, the Kubernetes book by Nigel Poulton. Uh, super, super good book. Uh, from an, from a more uh, intermediate to advanced level, I love uh, production Kubernetes. Uh, I think right. it's on O'Reilly. Super, super good book. Absolutely love it. That's like my, I always reference it. Like if I'm like, writing a blog post or something, or, or I'm, learn, I'm doing something, whatever, I'll always bring up the Kindle app on my Mac and like reference. I'm like, oh, I'm like, is this accurate? Yeah, it's accurate. Uh, so I, I use that as like my, that's like my source of truth almost. Uh, so yeah, absolutely love that book. Cool. So wrapping up here, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll start with Kevin. Kevin, any plugs that you'd like to do where people can find you, all that good stuff? So as you as you know, well aware, right? We've got, uh, obviously, the Streaming Clouds channel on YouTube, uh, which me and Robin co-host on that. We've got yourself coming on because we've got Kubernetes Month coming up because, again, I just, we want to signpost people to the to the right people on this on this subject, and it's quite complex. But, yeah, you can also find me on Twitter as well, at the Kevin Evans. Awesome. Robin, how about yourself? Um, yeah. All that Kevin just said, right? No, uh, we, we're running, uh, <laughs> we're running streaming clouds, you know, multi-cloud live stream. Um, probably when you hear this, Kubernetes month is probably over. <laughs> it's something else, right? But, uh, but yeah, go check it out. It will be still up, up on the channel. Um, we've got Mike on as well. Um, kind of setting up uh, a home lab on Kubernetes as well. So if you haven't checked that out, check that one out. Uh, yeah, and I'm on Twitter as well. My first name, last name. Yeah, I can spell it out. I can say it in Dutch as well. I'm still trying to find a way to pronounce my last name uh, properly. But uh, but yeah, um, go check it out. Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us.